0: Live from the House of LeMay Makeup and Dressing Room. Here comes Amber, stop what you're
1: doing. Here comes Amber, she's just doing what she can. Here comes Amber, cue the spotlight. Here comes Amber, with we'll two drinks in her hand. The mates we are compassion, seek with glasses. Can't look away Ask her, does she do it? There's really
2: nothing to it She's got that feminine game If you have a party Or if you're feeling naughty Call up the house of the maid
0: Here comes Hello, and welcome to the Amber Live interviews. This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live. We want to remind you to subscribe to us both here and at youtube.com slash amberlive. You don't want to miss a moment of Amber LeMay, the Larry King of drag queens. There's so much more to the show than just the interviews that Amber does each week. We have hundreds of interviews, comedy sketches, songs, and more on YouTube that you can watch anytime. But... In the meantime, you can listen to the amazing interviews right here. Now, enjoy this episode of Amber Live Interviews.
1: broke my hip just watching that. James, come on in. Hey, Amber. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was fantastic. So, James, welcome to Amber Live. So, when did you start dancing? Tell me about your dancing history.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hi, everybody out there. My name is James Whiteside. I'm principal dancer, choreographer with American Ballet Theater in New York City. And uh, here's my little dance history. Uh, I started when I was nine years old. I lived uh, in Fairfield, Connecticut at the time, and uh, my mom threw me a phone book, and she said, you know, you're driving me crazy, please pick something to do. So I was looking through the phone book for an activity, and I found this ad for the local dance studio, and there was a picture of a man holding a woman over his head with one hand, and I thought that looked really cool. It's like, is this a circus? What is this? I'm almost like, oh, it's a dance studio. Do you want to check it out? And she brought me by, and I took a couple trial classes, and I was hooked immediately, and I was nine. Oh,
1: what type of dance was it?
2: Oh, jazz, tap, ballet, acrobatics, you name it. Like, the, the you know, bundled American dance experience.
1: <laughs> Where did that lead you? How soon were you performing and in
2: shows? I mean, pretty much right away. Like, uh, the studio that I danced for, it's called the Devaldo and Circo Dance Center in Fairfield, Connecticut, and they uh, did a lot of competitions and things, and they still do, and they also have showcases where they make big shows for their students, and they perform at the, at the local university theater, and um, started performing almost right away, and joined their competition, youth competition group, and uh, just, I mean, it was like off to the races when I started. I, I was obsessed immediately, yeah.
1: Uh, Do you dance through high school? Did you go to college then?
2: So I danced through high school and I went to actually a ballet boarding school in high school in Virginia. And the school, which is no longer around, uh, was called Virginia School of the Arts. And it was a wonderful school that focused on ballet, but also had sort of, uh, they had like modern Martha Graham technique, contemporary dance, jazz. And uh, it it was wonderful for me. And after i was there for one year i was offered a job at austin ballet as an apprentice and so i i left high school before i finished and completed high school uh through correspondence which at the time was through the mail like you know snail mail because the internet wasn't something everybody had yet like i didn't have a computer or anything um so i would you know do my tests and like go work at Boston Ballet all day and then go home and like do homework by myself. It was, it was tedious, but I was really excited to be working already. I think I had just turned 18 when I started.
1: So you're, you're a professional dancer before you graduated high school.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not that unheard of for big ballet companies to hire people super young. I've worked with people, uh, who join when they're 16 you know it's it's a crazy profession it's all stacked really young because you know we're, we're relying on our bodies so you gotta sort <laughs> of get, get into it real quick otherwise you know you have less time
1: <laughs> tell me about a dance belt when, when did you first wear a dance belt
2: pretty much right away yeah my my school was really hardcore and like you couldn't really show up in you know baggy pajamas and all your dancewear that you know you get stuff right away it's super disciplined super regimented training and they were like all right you need black tights you need a white t-shirt or a white leotard and a dance belt and these type of shoes like and at the time there was um there was an audition for the scholarship program at the beginning of every school year they do auditions for scholarships and so i auditioned otherwise i don't think i would have been able to train there but um I got a scholarship and so they hooked me up with everything pretty much. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, my, the, I was introduced to a dance belt pretty much right away. And for those of you who don't know, a dance belt is, is basically like a jock strap, but for dancers. And instead of having like the things that go on either side of the butt, uh, it's a thong. And then the front end is sort of like a quilted fabric. Think like bounty, but for your junk.
1: <laughs> is it effective
2: you know it gets the job done
1: <laughs> now, is the purpose just so they can't see your, your parts or just is um, it, it is, is
2: look? parts lifting and uh, keeping it away from like legs that are beating around like you know smashing together and you could really do damage to oneself um, yeah. and then I think also it does have a slight obscuring you know aspect yes. to it.
1: Yes, it does. How long were you with the Boston Ballet Company?
2: Oh, uh, I was there for 10 years. I I danced there as an apprentice for one year and then I was g- <clears throat> given a quarter ballet contract. And quarter ballet the quarter ballet is like the main bulk bulk of the company. They do all the group numbers basically. And then I was promoted to second soloist, which is like, you know, you're doing some lowest parts but you're corps ballet. And then I was promoted to first soloist, which is like you only do solos. And then I was promoted to principal there. And principal dancer is the highest rank in a ballet company. And you're, so say you are doing Swan Lake. You're either the Swan Queen or the Prince. You know, your story is about, you're doing Romeo and Juliet. I be Romeo. That's what the principal dancer does. So I I was. What was your first
1: role? What was your first role as principal?
2: Um, Giselle. Giselle is a a classical ballet in two acts in which a prince disguises himself as a peasant to go and hang out with a peasant girl that he has a crush on and he uh tricks her into thinking he's a peasant fall madly in love little does he know that she has this weird heart condition that if she dances too much or has her heart broken by a, a man she will die and so both happened we're dancing and then she finds out that i am lying to her that i'm the prince and she dies of heart attack and the whole second act is me begging her ghost for forgiveness i know it sounds insane but it's quite beautiful it's just a story about forgiveness that's all it is and that was my first principal role
1: after you were with boston for 10 years where did you go then
2: so uh i had always wanted to dance for american ballet theater in new york city it was my dream company since i was about 12 years old when i first saw them at lincoln center and you know for an american dancer who wants to be a classical ballet dancer uh, american ballet theaters is the the goal um there are a lot of companies all over the world that are really incredible um but in america in my opinion it is the best classical ballet dance company um so that was always my dream. I danced for Boston Ballet and it was wonderful for me. It was a great um, great opportunity for me to grow and try out different styles of dance, contemporary, neoclassical, European contemporary, all these fabulous ballets that I got to do. Um, but I never forgot that I wanted to be in ABT. And so in 2011, I sent my audition materials to ABT. And so, Audition materials consist of headshot, bio, resume, as well as videos of your dancing. So, uh, at that time, I, I did have a computer, so I made a little, like, reel, essentially, of my dancing and sent it over to ABT. And I wasn't sure if I'd hear back, but they wrote me back and they invited me to come take class with the company. And every day in a classical ballet company, uh, the, the dancers take technique class which is an hour and a half just like regimented you start at the bar you're doing uh tendus plies adagio all these exercises and then you move to the center of the room put the bars away and you do turns and jumps and you know just go on so the director of the company came to watch the class that i was auditioning in and um And after the class, they asked if they could speak to me in the artistic office, and so I was terrified, and I went up to the office, and I sat down in a chair across from the then director, Kevin McKenzie, and his artistic associate director, and they said, you know, we think you'd be a great fit. We'd like to offer you a soloist contract in the company. Wow. And I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really expect anything, honestly, but, um, you know, hearing that news... Really, it was special, yeah. And so I what, took the job.
1: Your, what, what's your advantage as a dancer? You think you have a physical advantage somehow? Is in what sense? In what you you, you, you appear um, very tall. Is that is, is height is height um, an advantage in dancing? Well, it depends. Not
2: necessarily. I know. Um, you know, in a way, I feel like for for men, these. Um, are required to do a lot of jumping uh to be shorter is actually more helpful you're a bit more compact you're a bit more in control of your limbs but that being said you know society seems to hold giants to a certain you know so you know i'm i'm not a giant i am six feet tall and i have been working my body since i was nine years old so i am very um coordinated and you know put together in a way as a ballet dancer it's just the way I'm built and I look like I've been doing ballet my whole life yes you (laughs) do
1: do you have a daily routine
2: yes so uh in a classical ballet company you have your technique class in the morning which is an hour and a half and then you can rehearse up for seven hours that day and then uh sometimes you'll even have a performance that night but when you have performances they tend to give you less rehearsals so you're not completely tuckered out by the time you've got to perform yeah and then i also do cross training on the side and uh today like today i didn't have work so um i was in fire island actually earlier today and my friends and i did a yoga class together on on one of my friend's roof yeah, it was lovely.
1: Well, we are going to be talking about Fire Island later on because you you created a film about uh, Fire Island. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot
0: more with James Whiteside when we come back after this little break. Thank you, James.
2: Thank you, Amber.
0: This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live, reminding you that it is your support that keeps us going. You can make a donation through this podcast by using our Venmo at RJD Pro or by visiting us at amberlive.tv and clicking on the support amber live button and now back to this incredible interview all right james Whiteside, come on in hello all right right, we talked earlier
1: about uh, your dance career but you do other things as well when did you start um, having other interests in other projects
2: i mean ever since i was a kid i have like to dabble in many types of creative things and you know i'm a ballet dancer that's my day job i guess you could call it but uh i like to experiment in other types of creativity and art
1: uh you have a book out correct
2: yes i wrote a book in 2021 that was released by penguin it's called center center and uh it is a Memoir and essays, and it's really fantastical. It's as gay as they get. It's super fun and funny, and I recommend if you like books or if you like audiobooks. Uh, there's an audiobook as well that I read with my sultry baritone. <laughs> so uh, check it out. It's called Center Center. You can find it on my website at website.com, which Russell has put down in the little bottom there. Oh, <laughs> way to go, Russell! Wow. <laughs> Hell <so>. yeah. <laughs> how
1: long? How long did it take you to write the book?
2: Oh, it took about, <clears throat> like, two years, a little under two years, yeah, from, I mean, I wrote the book pretty quickly, actually, um, I started it, I took a Nutcracker season off, and went up to my friend's house in Rhinecliff, New York, and I was alone at the house, and just writing, I was, it was very, um, what's that movie, gosh, is it Love Actually, where the guy, you know, goes to write in, like, Italy or something, but there was no beautiful woman that I fell in love with. <laughs> <laughs> surprise plot twist
1: <laughs> and you also have a movie that's coming out as well
2: yeah I have a, a short film that came out I think two weeks ago now um, I was contacted by All Arts TV which is a non arts program it's a broadcast channel and uh, it's broadcast live in the tri-state area and, and nationwide on the website and their app and uh, they hired me to make a short film as one of their artists in residence this year. So they picked four people every year to commission a film from. And so they asked me to make a dance film. And I told a story about a day daydripper to Fire Island. It's, it's a guy who's just going out for the day. And he meets the love of his life. And, you know, sex, love, and dance ensues.
1: All right, let's watch a trailer for that film. Yeah. All right. True story.
2: Uh, I mean, there's a nugget of truth in just about anything. (laughs) You know, I I mean, that being said, maybe a little bit. I actually did meet um, my boyfriend on the beach volleyball court in Fire Island in 2020. So, yeah, there's a bit of truth in there.
1: Oh, when did you film that?
2: I filmed this in September of 2022.
1: Uh, is it a full-length movie?
2: No, 30 minutes.
1: 30 minutes. Oh, there's a lot of stuff in that 30 minutes, that looks
2: like. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a lot going on. And, you know, if you want to check that film out, you can go to my website. It's on my website as well.
1: How did you um, – did you direct it uh, and produce yeah, it? Yeah, so, okay.
2: This is – it gets a little complicated because I do a lot. But uh, I had – the privilege to direct the film i co-directed it with kylie Ugart, whom i had been put in contact with for another project and we worked on this together she and i co-wrote uh co-produced co-directed it and i choreographed it and i had um some some of my favorite dancers in the film so i i'm really lucky and it's great i'm so proud of how it came out it is uh it's a it's a side of Fire Island that you don't get to see so much in media. It is just pure love and joy and beauty. It's great. I highly recommend watching it.
1: And so you were out at Fire Island today.
2: I was, I just I just came back actually, uh, you know, right before this interview, I'm all sun-kissed from the day. It was the first yeah. beach volleyball game of the season today. And it was just such a gorgeous weekend up here, up here in New York incredible weather
1: how cool uh you have a podcast
2: yeah i i do um so i i'm a ballet dancer and so i'm i'm very fascinated by like how can we make being an artist a viable career so i decided to start a podcast about the business of art and creativity in which i basically just talk to People that I admire about how they're making it work as artists in their lives, and uh, people seem to really like it. It's been going great. I've had some amazing guests like Isaac Mizrahi and Jennifer Garner and, and many more. Misty Copeland, just awesome guests, and uh, it's they're very candid conversations where I'm like, okay, um, how did you how did you get your first you know sponsored post or something on the internet? Like, how did you get an agent? Things like that. So. For people who are are curious about people's journeys, it's it's a fascinating listen.
1: What what do they all have in common? Is there something that they all have in common?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. A lot of um, really successful people have overcome something. You know, a lot of my favorite creatives have not been handed opportunity on a silver platter they are people who have been tenacious and gritty and and really hardcore in a way and they a lot of these people have that will the will of a warrior just super extreme people which i love
1: (laughs) (laughs) um do you have any future guests coming up
2: uh let's see this then this week's episode which airs on wednesday um My guest is Robin Price Glasser, who is a children's book illustrator, and she is the illustrator of the world-famous Fancy Nancy series, which is about, you know, a a young girl who is just, like, ostentatious and, like, really fabulous, basically. She's a drag queen, essentially. (laughs) Yeah, and, and Robin is hysterical. She was a great guest, so I'm excited for people to hear this week's episode.
1: And in our next segment with you, we're going to talk about drag queens because uh, you are one as well. So we'll we'll
0: be right back with James Whiteside. Thanks for listening to this interview. This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live, reminding you that we stream on YouTube every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Check out the hundreds of past interviews and all the comedy sketches, songs, and more from previous episodes and remember to subscribe to us both here and on youtube.com/amberlive so you don't miss a single new guest or a hysterical comedy sketch.
1: All right, we've made reconnection with James and so James come on in.
2: Hello, sc- I'm sorry about that.
1: <laughs> you scared me. <laughs> oh my god, is it something I said? <laughs> <laughs> All right, um someone commented uh, someone someone named Doubly Amped Said love his book, J Dubs videos and a new movie. So what what's the J Dubs videos?
2: So I also write and produce my own music and create music videos for the songs that I've written. So uh, yet another thing I like to do. <laughs> it's very fun.
1: <laughs> um, no, um, all right, um, let's see. Russell has some pictures. Uh, let's uh, Russell, can you show some pictures and we can get some comments on?
2: Yeah, on I'm excited this. to see what y'all got. Oh yeah. Uh, oh. So this is from Swan Lake. Uh, My partner is the prima ballerina Jillian Murphy at American Ballet Theatre. I'm here as Prince Siegfried, her, you know, lover, I guess.
1: Boy, nice thighs. (laughs) (laughs) And And this
2: this is from a JB Dubbs music video uh, for a song I wrote called Wallflower. And the woman squatting under me while I'm doing a split is Cassandra Trinari who is also a principal dancer at American Ballet Theater. And I choreographed the music video and a uh, a friend of mine, Nissian, who's a photographer and filmmaker, did the video for it. Oh my, ooh. And this is from Cinderella, uh, Frederick Ashton's Cinderella at American Ballet Theater. And the ballerina I'm dancing with is Hiseo. She's a beautiful principal dancer with ABT as well. And this is a photo from a shoot I did with Nissian, who also directed the Wallflower music video, and he's an amazing photographer. And his sort of he moonlights as the sort of go-to helicopter cityscape videographer. So, like, if you see a movie and there's a a cityscape helicopter shot, it's probably one of his.
1: <laughs> How fascinating! Yeah, it's
2: weird. And this is a photo I did with uh, Mike Ruiz. And many of you may know Mike Ruiz from Top Model and RuPaul's Drag Race, but he's a, a very prolific fashion and uh, you know art photographer. And so, yeah, this is for, uh, I think it was for XEX magazine, which I'm not sure exists anymore.
1: I will. Uh, one more, Russell?
2: This is also another photo by Nissian for a song I had written called New York City Piece of Me, which I did a, like a sort of spoof on Piece of Me by Britney Spears, in which I changed the lyrics to better suit my whims.
1: <laughs> and you are a drag performer. Tell us how that started and- Yeah. Uh, okay, where, so-
2: Oh my God. So this photo is great. Um, I started doing drag because I was living with three of my best friends in Boston when I was in Boston Ballet, and one of my friends- started doing drag like very very young um he was just having the best time and he challenged all of his roommates to get into drag and we would do like living room lip syncs and (laughs) uh and film each other it was just so much fun so innocent so much joy and and spontaneity and so that's how i started and then um i met a guy in boston who ended up uh, going on RuPaul's Drag Race, and his name, his drag name is Milk, and so he became very obsessed with drag. And then I, I sort of, by osmosis, became more learned about the art of drag and more interested in doing makeup and performing and having just a gay old time. And so, yeah, that's how I got into drag.
1: And what's your drag name?
2: Yuhu Batch. It's Yuhu, U H U, and then Batch is my last name.
1: <laughs> How often does she go out?
2: Oh my gosh, it's been ages. It's been like way too long. Oh my, I need to dig YooHoo out of the closet. Yeah, that's there um, with yeah. my uh, my friend Butter, the dra- a drag queen named Butter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can almost see your YooHoo there.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure can.
1: YooHoo. <laughs> All right. You're, you're a, a dancer. You're an author. You're a filmmaker. You're a songwriter. You're a drag queen. What's next?
2: Um, I want to uh, I, I write a novel. Uh, I want to write a, t- a young adult gay novel. And uh, I don't want to say too much about it, but uh, I'm outlining it now. And hopefully you'll be able to see it on shelves in the next couple of years.
1: Oh, that's great. That is great. How long do you see your career as um, a a
2: ballet dancer? Well, it depends on my body. Um, I had a very horrible knee injury in 2021. I ruptured my patellar tendon in a performance of the Nutcracker and had to have surgery pretty much right away. And I've been working, you know, working back from that since the surgery. And so I'm back on stage and everything doing all the roles that I once did, but you know, it does take patience and, and endurance and perseverance to get back to that sort of physical, uh, power that I once felt. And so I'm, I'm getting there, but it's, it's a lot of work. So I'll keep dancing as long as my body holds, holds out.
1: Okay. What, what's the, after that, um, when you, you say, Oh, my body can't do it anymore. What, what do you hope to do?
2: So I I really enjoy making things as evidenced by the restlessness that I generally feel. Uh, So I want to choreograph. I'd like to do film, television, music videos, as well as classical ballet and theater and Broadway. I just want to make things for stage and screen. Um, I like writing very much. I would like to write my own television show. I would like to continue writing essays that are published in collections, as well as uh, try my hand at novels.
1: James, I have no doubt you you that you won't you that you will complete those probably by the end of uh, the month. <laughs>
2: but,
1: <laughs> thank you so much for joining us tonight and I understand you were in Burlington, Vermont a few years ago.
2: I was yes, I taught at the Lines dance Studio. Um, one of my colleagues runs uh, his family runs a dance studio out out there and I had the best time. The students were so talented and the people were so lovely. And I would gladly go back.
1: Well, I hope to see you anytime. Come on up. Thank you very much, James. Thank
2: you, Amber. It's been a pleasure. Bye, everybody out there. <laughs>
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amber Live Interviews. Remember to subscribe to us so you don't miss a single minute of the fun. And remember, it is your support that keeps us going. You can make a donation through this podcast by using our Venmo at RJD Pro or by visiting us at amberlive.tv and clicking on the Support Amber Live button. Thank you.